0: Another year with these guys. Host game press conferences. I didn't really like my first Reed, so I was just winning to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG You're listening to The Cho Show only on the suave Report. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Choso Podcast presented by TheSwapReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodo, aka J.D. Smooth. You know, uh, it, it <sighs> Saturday's loss, Saturday's loss. You you can you can look at it in a variety of ways. Okay, you can look at it in the variety of ways here because, at number one, most importantly here. I have to give credit where credit is due. Now, if you listen last week, okay, you know how how hurt, personally hurt, I was by the effort given by the UCL football team last Saturday in their their let's call it what it is their their beat down loss on homecoming to Pitt State. Okay, I I, I went in great detail about why that was the case. I still stand by that. Okay. And, and I just again, I I I'm glad people understood that that was not from a from a place of criticism, but it was just because I know these guys better than that. They know they're better than that, and, and sometimes you just you just got to call it what it is and, and call them out. So I do appreciate that, the fact that that was understood. I really appreciate the response by the your football team yesterday on this Sunday yesterday. Okay, because they fought hard for four quarters, and, and they, I, I, you know what? It was a tough loss. It shouldn't have been a loss. Let's be honest here. That should have been a win. If they finished the game better. If, if we take more advantage of, of, of opportunities, should have been a win. But regardless, though, they went up there to Kearny against a very good football team. I know they're they're banged up too. A very good football team one of the best players on all Division II football and T.J. Davis, it almost won that football game. And, and I, I, I have to give them credit because they could have folded the tent after last week. Last week was a, was a fork in the road where they could have said, okay, we definitely have no shot now. Right? We, we, we have no shot now. We just got ran on by Pitt State. You could say, well, and then what it is, it just, you know, we just have some bad breaks. We're going to just pack it in and get ran right on the last two games of the season. Or they could do what they did yesterday and say, you know what? We're better than this. And they come out there and they show it. And, and, and I'm glad that option B was the case. Because the team was too talented with, with, with too good of players, with too good a character to just quit on the season. So I'm glad that that wasn't the case. I, I'm not glad that the same issues that have been the problem now for the previous nine games is still the issue in game 10. And, and, and it's, it's, but here's the thing here's the thing. still should have won that football game because it, you forced three turnovers, you have multiple short fields, you hold TJ Davis to under 100 yards rushing, that you force three turnovers. And you you only get what was it eighteen points? You only get eighteen points to show for. You have to kick five field goals, and you have four or five on, on on field goals. It just is not. That's it's it's it, it's it's tough. Okay, it's tough because while you appreciate the fight and the effort, and those guys did 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 fight. Okay, but we got to execute better uh, this has been this has been this has been a thing the execution when you have the short fields against a good team like Kearney you have to end the drive and touchdown if just one of those field goal drives ended in a touchdown you should win this football game okay we're not even having the same discussion because we look here alex Converdo had to hit had to kick five field goals. He had four of them. I think he had two from 45. Shout out to him. Okay. But we can't be on the plus side of the territory and have to kick field goals that many times. Like, we got to finish drives here. Okay. We we, we have to finish drives. We're on 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 one drive, right, you look at that final drive of the game for UCO that resulted in the missed field goal, Right. It was fourth and one. they were clearly going going to going to go for it. I stand by that fact to go for it as well because you Kearney only had two timeouts because they they called one after they saw that you was was gonna was gonna go go for it so if you get the first down, I think there was about two or so minutes left to go in the in the, in the football game. Okay, if you get that first down, there's a there's a great chance UCL can run that clock out. The way the line was blocking on that drive. Okay, we get an illegal shift penalty because I think it was drive on the fourth, and either Dante or Andrew Carney moved at the same time. That would then force UCL to have to attempt the field goal. Which was missed because I think they were kicking into the 15 mile per hour winds. I just don't know why every road game it seems like the past few has just just been winds, man. It's just that's awful. It's awful because you remember the Washburn game. The wind hurt the past game, and regardless, regardless, though, so that hurt because that allowed Kearney. They did not have momentum. They did. not was able to take advantage again of what has been a very bad, just whole what it is here, very bad secondary for the majority of the season. Uh, they moved the ball down the field with a little bit of resistance because, again, of, of the pass game. And it wasn't like there wasn't a pass rush because I have to give Coach Brandon Lichtenberg and that front seven again tons of credit because they made numerous plays in the football game from the opening drive for someone there by Michael Slater, that okay, Julius Coates by far his best game in use of uniform. Uh, definitely the first game I can say he played four full quarters of football. And I'm going to tell you that we, we said we said last week. Okay, we, we harped on what he did last week in spurts, what he did in spurts, and that from the game. And I said if we could get that consistently. Like, it, it, like, like people are going to be in trouble. And that's exactly what happened. They were trying to double team Julius. He was still getting back there uh, again. If we just get this next week and heading into next season, that defensive line, especially because Michael Slater will no longer be there, it it, it is definitely it definitely would definitely help lessen the 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 blow of losing a player the caliber of Michael Slater. If Julius Coates can't take that next step there and, and do what he did yesterday, because that that was some very impressive defensive line play. Uh, Connor Johnson had an interception. Just another a great season there out of, out of, out of Connor as well. Right, you had the fourth fumble by uh, Amante Davis. A nice two-game stretch for him. You recall he had an interception there last week. Noah West with the fourth fumble again. no, it's just... It was a great game by the front seven. This is the front seven that we know and love that was not there last week. Okay, so I have to give Coach Jesse Hall the linebackers coach. I have to give Coach Brendan Lechtenberg and Coach Rashad Sanders on the deep, on the defensive line there a lot of credit because their unit definitely came to play today or yesterday and and they gave UCL a chance to win the football game. But again, offensively, we just we're not that. The penalties got behind the chains. Okay, we just we can't do it. We had a brutal turnover there. Coming out the second half, we had a drive going. I I saw what Steph was trying to do because it, it, he was going to throw the ball away. He saw Dante was breaking open, and he floated it out there, and it was intercepted. Uh, that that call that that, that could have cost at least three points. Uh, and, and just it's just the execution we've got it's it's game' it's, it's game ten it's game ten and we still have the same problems on offense and like at some point it just it has to be fixed like it just has to be fixed the procedure penalties at this point they have to stop right like we and we we have to, the false starts right now we have to know what the snap count is Okay, the little shifts. We have to know who is in motion, right? I think mean, I think we went for on fourth down and got stopped. Again, if you know they're packing the box, you have to get the block. Like it's just simple things that you can kind of overlook weeks one through four, but by week five on, I mean by now you you should you should know what you're doing. And it's just, it, it, it's just not the case. And that, that to me, is the biggest, the biggest gripe that I have, okay? Because if that wasn't the case yesterday, you still sure wins that football game. And, 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 and you should sure deserve to win that football game. The way they fought, I mean, they fought. Now, granted, Kearney fought too. It was a really good football game. It was a great chess match. Uh, and it, it's 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 one of those games that you were you love to watch, would hate to be on the losing side of. Because yes, there's there's a lot of positives in that game which I just touched on. I'm pretty sure there there, there there's more as well. Because Jacob Delso and Jalen Cotrell had beautiful jump ball catches there. Uh, Kobe Stevens had a fantastic red zone break up there on third down, force a field goal. You also had a, another beautiful deflection there on third down. There you have Nikki, Nikki who hit hit his career long field goal to 45 yards. There's a lot of positives. Uh this probably best, this is the best running game out of Steph, probably since Emporia. And it just it's tough to lose a game like that because they should have won. They should have won, and it just it it hurts. It hurts because they say football is a game of interest, right? You know, the 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 team with the less mistakes you win, and that. And the sad part is, I currently had more mista- Currently had more mistakes in this football game because they gifted UCO three possessions in opposing territory, if not more. And I don't think they scored. I think they all resulted in the field goal. If I if I'm not mistaken, they might have got one touchdown. When we look at the at the recap, I can I can better tell you, but it just it needs to be touchdowns. Anytime you kick five field goals, unless you are Stanford against Notre Dame, that is not going to win most games. Okay, because you have to get touchdowns, and, and 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 I know I know there might be some. There might be some criticisms, okay. Now I I feel the same at times too, okay. About the offense and, and particularly the play call, okay. Because if you're a longtime fan, you you you've been you've been here with me, and if you have been here with me, me, <clears throat> since 2018, I really do appreciate you. But or oh, you've been a fan longer than that. Okay, I, I, you you you're probably used right to Chad Stalard slinging the you know slinging the rock, Will Collins slinging the rock, Keith Calhoun slinging 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 a rock. Okay, and you're probably sitting here wondering, well, if Steph had what three eighty one against Fort Hayes, why are we not pushing the ball down the field more, especially with the weapons we have? Right, you've got Dante McGee, Oscar Hammond, Dominic Dunn, Madison Ridgeway, trying to the fourth, Jacob Delso, Terrell Davis. I think he's currently hurt, but still. Terrell Davis, uh, Diego Richards, Kimion Williams, right? Uh, I just, so you might be wondering, okay, well, why are we not, why are we not pushing the ball down the field more? And I, at times, question that, too, because, again, as we saw yesterday, when they was able to push the ball down the field to Des- Doug, Delso, Cottrell, Andrew Carney, right, it, it ended well, okay? I just think, I just think, similar to last year, okay, I think the offensive line concerns, though, it has to factor into this. Because you look at the fact last year with Keats Calhoun back there, right? We 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 know when the line blocked for Keats last year, great things happen. Okay, you, you go to that fourth quarter of that pitch day game I touched on last week, go to the Ford Hayes game last week, go to that Washburn game. I don't know, not last week, last year. Go to the Washburn game last year. Okay. You will see what happens when they when they 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 block for Keats. And, and it was fantastic football from Keith Calhoun. Okay. You look, you look, you look this year, right? The Ford Hayes game, when they blocked for Steph, we saw what happened. I think there was another game earlier this season. They blocked for him. The past game was there. Okay. The problem is, the problem is, and, and it's just similar to the whole team, this is they're not consistently there. Okay, because there's games that's really bad, like we saw early on in the season. There's games that's really good, like Fort Hayes, uh like Northeastern State, like Lincoln, right? Uh, the, the uh in Emporia pretty much, right? That they look really good, and then there's times they look average. And I I, I think you couple that with the fact that you know. Last week, I will say the pass blocking was there. The problem was guys weren't getting open, and staff was either having to throw the ball away, run it, or try to make something happen. And so I think if you look at the combination of that might also contribute to it. I just think also that should cause Doors for door philosophy. It is, and when we talked to him, it, right, is what it was. It was... We're going to have long, sustained drives. We're going to nickel and diamond down there because we believe the defense is good enough to win football games. And the defense is definitely good enough to win football games, right? It's just the fact, though, that I just I, I, I see both sides of the coin, okay? I, I, I see both sides of the coin because you look, OK, you might consider, well, if we did open up the offense there yesterday, you might have won. But then you look at Northwest Missouri with the same play calls and they were still able to win that football game. So I, I you could look at it both ways. There's arguments to both sides of the coin there. I just think it still comes down to execution because as we saw in Northwest Missouri, when they execute those same plays, the offense is still very effective. Okay, but you just have to execute. And that just was not the case again today. So I'm just, while I am very proud of the effort, proud of the fight. Glad the guys responded well. We just need to see a complete game next week, senior night, for four quarters of high-level execution. If we could just get what we got against Northeastern State Saturday, I'll be over the moon because again, like I said last week, I want nothing more than to see the seniors end with a win. I want nothing more than this team to at least end with a winning record because they fought too hard. Okay, they fought too hard this season to let the, to to end with a losing record. And and you see them as a team, and coming in here with a lot of with a lot of momentum. Okay, they 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 won their senior night in thrilling fashion. They they won a few games here as of late, okay. So I, I can tell you right now, it's gonna be it's gonna be a dogfight, okay. It, it's going to be a dogfight because this is the final game for both teams, like 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 how it was last year. We know last year what happened in the in the football game. If you are new, I will tell you what happened in that football game when we get to the to the preview section. I just would suspect that they're not going to come in here and just lie down. So, we're going to need a similar effort. We're going to need better execution across the board there on offense in the secondary. Again, we just need it. We need it because, again, I want these guys. When that clock hits triple zero in the fourth quarter, I I want the UCO score to be higher than the UCM score. And and I just think an ORVAP to happen. The execution has to be there. So we're going to get into the recap portion here. UCO will win the coin toss and defer. Uh, Kearney would take the opening drive, would march down the field. Really had me concerned that guys had packed it in for a second straight week. Until Michael Slater was forced to fumble there in the red zone, injured the running back as well on that on that play. UCO became the first team to stop Kearney from scoring on their opening drive. So again, a shout out there to Coach Lechtenberg and that defensive unit. Uh, however, UCL would have to would, would go three and three and out on that next drive for Kearney. Julius' coach would have a tackle where he broke the man's back. That would also lead to a Kobe Stevens third down break up in the in the end zone. Fantastic play. This would lead to a Kearney field goal giving them a 3 nothing lead at the 419 mark. Uh, what was how, how However, UCO was mounting a drive. They got inside the red zone, but Steph was set on a third down out of a timeout. I, I, again, like, how do we come out of a timeout and get sacked? It's just things like that that we've got. This should not be the case in game 10. It just, it just should. It should not be the case... In game 10. And I, I just we don't need to see that. That I hope that's not the case in game 11. So that would end the corner and uh, in the quarter, cor- not <laughs> corner, in the quarter with Kearney up three three-nothing. However, you show on the first play of the second quarter would hit the field goal, would tie it at three apiece. Kearney how however would respond on the next drive with a 22 yard touchdown. I don't know, It, it uh, someone blew the coverage, okay, because the man was wide open. Dylan Buckhide tried to make up the ground, but he was too far away. So that was, Lee Give Kearney a 10-3 lead at the 10 3 mark in the second quarter. UCLA would go three and out. However, they would force a fourth down stop there at the six fifty nine mark. Followed by a Jennifer trail jump ball catch. The drive would end in a field goal after Noah had a false start on third and short. And then Kearney had a beautiful pass break up there on Delson in the end zone. It was going to be a touchdown, a full disclosure. was going to be a touchdown. It was a beautiful throw by Steph, but the defender got over there in time. I think it was... uh, Whoever their best defense back was, I don't remember the man's name off offhand. We we previewed him to safety. He was like six foot three. Heck playing by him, so it was it in another Alex Corrido field goal at the four thirteen mark, making it ten to six. Then on the following drive, Kearney would get another touchdown catch. This time against Mosley. But then it's 17-6 at the 125 mark. That touchdown really hurt because it was third and goal. And you're holding a hole into a field goal there. Again, it's secondary. just It's just not good. I know that they played uh, a true freshman, Jamori Ray, out of Union, and Angelique Lewis out of Denison, Texas. I know Jamori Ray had a, had a TFL in the game. I'm glad we're starting to throw other guys back there because – at this point, we just gotta we gotta do something back there because I just just we gotta get that fixed, man. Because it, that is the Achilles heel right now. Because you, the pass rush, if you watch the game, it, it, the, the the pass rush was sufficient enough, okay, that it, it, TJ Davis not to have the success he had passing the football. And it should not have been the case. And I just, this has been Achilles heel the whole season. I just hope we end the season strong with the best secondary play we have seen all year. Uh, After another Use Your 3 and Out at a 25 second mark, Noah West would come off the edge, destroy TJ Davis, who actually was hurt for a minute there. Forcing the fumble and was recovered, I believe, by Chase Faber, I think. Uh, however, after a Jacob Delso catch there, we put them in field goal range with two seconds left as Covedo would hit a season long 45 yard field goal into 15 mile per hour wins and it's 17 and nine at the half. So at that point, you're feeling you're feeling good there because they were at least able to get a field goal before the half, which they were not able to do last week. And they went into the to the half down by one score, and they get the ball. Started started the second half, and it's the drive started off very good. Steph had like a big, like sixteen yard run on the first play. However, at the 3 third thirteen mark, I mentioned he threw that that interception there. He still thrown it away, but tried to force it there to Dante. However, UCO defense would uh, respond there, forcing a three out. However, the Kearney punt would end at the UCO 8. They was able to get out the shadow of their own end zone thanks to a Dante McGee uh, screen there. They would have to punt the ball. Then on the following drive there for Kearney, UCO would get a few TFLs there by Zane Adams and then would force a fumble by Monte Davis, a beautiful hit right on the football that was recovered by Connor Johnson. At the currently Forty Five, however, now this is this is what's unfortunate. So there was third and eighteen. They tried to run the ball. They tried. Was it a toss? I don't know if it was a toss or a pitch. They tried to the outside the run with Cottrell. He just got tattooed. However, on the third and eight, though they actually made the they made the conversion. I think it was to, to Delso. It, it was it was a fantastic play. It was called back though for an eligible man down the field. Then on the next play, they tried to screen past the Cottrell, which I, I don't know if Steph just, just was just, just just threw it, but it was almost picked off by the defensive lineman. But that would end in a 45-yard Converto field goal at the 204 mark in a 17-12. Then, let's see here, that would be the final score of the quarter. However, Yusuf would get a final stop in the quarter thanks to a fantastic pass rush that resulted in a intentional grounding call. And that would actually end the quarter for Kearney only having one first down in the whole quarter on a three drives again. Gotta give Coach Lettenberg there a ton of credits. Uh and then the Uso would end the quarter with a 32-yard run down into Kearney territory. However, that would be the drive entering the fourth, where they were stopped on third and fourth and two. Now I feel like they still taking the field goal there. Even the current guys were saying, "Why don't we just take take the take, take the field goal? You take the field goal, you you are you know, you're down by what two at that point. So then, when they was able to score, they would have the lead, and so." That you know, especially after the way we have failed to convert on the fourth and shorts the past two weeks, yeah, I I, I do I I I I do question I do question why we didn't take the field goal because it it wasn't like we was running particularly well outside of Steph running the ball and then we handed it off twice. It just yeah, it just it just was not good. And just was not good. Uh, however, thankfully, that did that did not hurt us in terms of allowing points because at the ten twenty six mark, Connor Johnson would get the interception and then run it down inside the Kearny twenty, uh, in which the next play Jenna Control would have a fantastic run to the one. It's cold. However, after the play, there was a dead ball foul on Lane. He he did push the. Yeah, he was trying to get the, the guys off of Cottrell, and he pushed the man referee through the through the flag. It just it is what it is, you know. It just it is it is what it is. Um, however, on the next play though, I believe it was uh, call the coordinators Adam Lechtenberg and James Curley broke out the double reverse pass to former Carl Albert State winning quarterback Mazzoli Fourth who threw a beautiful pass there to Steph at the two-yard line. Um, they, not the two-yard line. They were at the—yeah, one thing it was, at the, about at the two. because they had to get they had to get inside the two to get the first down. It was about a yard short. This time on fourth, they went for it, and I wholeheartedly agree with it. Uh, Andrew Carney was able to get it on a fullback dive, and then two plays later, Steph was able to jump over the line— At the 7.56 mark to get the touchdown to give Ushua the first lead of the football game. However, the two-point conversion was no good. And it was unfortunate, too, because let me tell you, uh, there was a jailbreak on an offensive line. I I don't know what happened. Steph does like three sacks. He rolled out. He had Delso open. Delso was streaking in the back of the end zone. He threw it just a tad high for Delso, who couldn't get his hand on it all. Oh, I mean, if he would have made that, that would have been that would have been, you talk about highlight real material right there. Um, so it gave UCO a one-point lead. Again, this is where if they had got the field goal on the drive opening the fourth, you got a four-point lead, and Connie would need a touchdown to win the game. So, that came back and it bit us. It's just, it is what it is. Um, so, over on the next drive, Yusio would get a quick stop thanks to a Trayvon Craig TFL and another Kobe Stevens pass breakup. Yusio would respond after uh, a big catch there to Andrew Carney. Then Steph had a fantastic third down scramble and then another run for that play. However, as I mentioned in the opener, the drive would stall because of the illegal shift on the 4th and 1. Coveto would miss the field goal at the two eleven mark. So Kearney, with two timeouts, was able to march down the field pretty easily because secondary, again, it just was not good. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't know if it was mostly his fault, but he got picked on a whole lot. I don't know if there was supposed to be somebody there. And he was just supposed to be the, the help man. I don't know. But he got picked on numerous times on that on that drive. Kearney would get the ball inside like the 5 to 10. Uh, they were set up in the middle of the field with two seconds left to kick the field goal. And they win the game 2018 again. It should have been a UCL win. Just uh, on numerous fronts right there. On numerous fronts. Which makes the loss even tougher. Looking at the numbers here for Kearney. 21 first downs. A 209 yards rushing. 173 yards passing. 382 yards of offense on 64 plays. Uh, they were 4 of 11 on third down. Again, fantastic defense right there. 1 or 2 on fourth. 4 or 5 in the red zone. Was sacked one time. Then looking for UCO. 14 first downs. A buck 68 rushing. 4 yards of carry. 151 yards passing. Better 19 yards on 60 plays. <laughs> Again, a woeful two or twelve on third. We just gotta do better than that. it gotta do better. Again, this is again, we're not a team built for third and longs, so and that's basically all third downs are. It's just not good, man. It's just not good. One or two on fourth, four or five in the red zone, four or five on field goals. Was sacked twice. Looking at the individual numbers here, Steph throwing the ball. 9 of 18, a buck 36, one interception, long of 38. Oh, excuse me. We 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 had the two sacks, excuse me. Uh, sack one time. Running the ball, staff 21 carries, 113 yards, one touchdown. Long of 32, average of 5.4 yards of carry. Then look at trail, 16 carries, 44 yards, long of 13, 2.8 yards of carry. The Kemper, who did not play outside the first few drives, uh, two carries, seven yards, long of four, three and a half yards of carry, and then Andrew Carney, two for four, long of three, a two yards carry. They did hold TJ Davis though on 25 carries, just 91 yards, under four yards of carry and no touchdowns. Again, as fantastic because TJ Davis in like a hundred something yards a game. Again, fantastic defense there on on TJ Davis. Our receiving, Jacob Delso led to uh, Jacob Delso and Dominic Dunn. Each led the way with 38 yards. Delso on one catch, Dunn on two catches. Jalen Cottrell, one for 22. Dante McGee, two for 21. Andrew Carney, two for 19. Steph, one for 15. So I think in this year now, Steph has. Throwing the ball, run the ball, cocked the ball, and made a tackle. I just, yeah, I got to love Steph there, buddy. Uh, the, the, uh, Nasir won for negative two. And then defensively here, second straight week in a row. Dylan Buckhye led the way, 11 tackles. Mosley, five tackles. Blake Barone, five tackles. Tremont Craig, four tackles. A half TFL. Uh, with Michael Slater, four tackles, one TFL, one forced fumble. Amante Davis, four tackles, one forced fumble. Noah West, four tackles, a half TFL, one sack, one forced fumble. You know, Ordinarily, he'd be the player of the week, but I feel like, I feel like the whole defense as a whole kind of deserved that. Even the secondary at times, so... Spoiler alert, the player of the week will indeed be the UCO defense. Um, we had the highlights up at 5 p.m. We had Chase Faber, four tackles, one TFL, one sack, one recovery. Jay Adams, four tackles, one TFL. Jamori Ray, three tackles, one TFL. Julius Cole two tackles, one TFL. Tavis McDonald, two tackles. Marlo Hughes, two tackles. Jameek Lewis, two tackles. Stephon Brown, one tackle. I swear, brother, man. Man just does it all, brother. Man it just does it all. Uh, Kobe Stevens, one tackle, two breakups. Raymond McGuire, one tackle. Connor Johnson, one tackle, one recovery, one interception. Ben Cottrell one. That doesn't make any sense. There's no way he had a tackle. Uh, and then punting the ball, David Vargas, four punts, a buck 20. Longer 36 after 30 yards a punt, probably his worst game of the season, which is saying a lot coming in week 10. And then obviously, we know what Coveto did. But turning our attention now to the uh four and six Central Missouri Mules, coached by again, I'll say this in quotations, former UC offensive coordinator at uh Josh Lamberson. Coming off a 40-37 double overtime win over Missouri Western on senior night. So, again, they're coming in on a two-game winning streak after beating Lincoln, which, again, who hasn't? Uh, they've actually won three of their last four games, uh, beating Missouri Southern, Lincoln, and Missouri West, with the only loss being Fort Hayes. So, this is a team started off very bad, and uh, they have got, they've caught fire here as of late. So, again... Just expect a dogfight here. Coming into the game, averaging 25.2 points a game, 123.7 yards a game, rushing at 3.7 yards a carry with 10 touchdowns. Uh, through the air, 250 yards a game, 20 touchdowns to 9 picks, 273.9 yards a game. Third down, they are 33.58%. They are thirty eight point four six percent on fourth. They've been sacked 17 times. Uh, They have scored 33 touchdowns, 8-10 on field goals, 24-33 in the red zone, with 17 of them being touchdowns and have missed three extra points. Then defensively, they are allowing 27.5 points a game, 174.8 yards a game rushing at 4.9 yards a carry. 13 touchdowns. Again, for a second straight week here, UC almost had 200 yards rushing. I hope we have this a similar, if not better, outcome rushing the football. out so, uh, through the air, they're allowing 217 yards, 21 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and 392.6 yards a game. Allowing 40.6% on third, 64.2% on fourth. Uh, nine sacks on the season. Allowed thirty-four touchdowns. Uh, people are thirteen of eighteen on field goals. Uh, they have allowed twenty-eight scores out of thirty-four attempts in the red zone. Nineteen of them being touchdowns. And their quarter by quarter breakdown. They're getting outscored in the first sixty-one to forty-nine. Outscoring foes in the second eighty-nine to eighty-six. Being outscored in the third, golly, seventy five to forty two. Outscoring in the fourth, fifty nine to forty three, and then in overtime, outscoring folks thirteen to ten. Being outscored this season, two fifty two to two seventy five. So, if UCO can start strong in the first and third quarters, should be a good sign. Okay, it should be a, a very good sign, but that's a mighty big if. Looking at the individual leaders here running the ball, they are led by a Kearney transfer, five eight one sixty eight 168 senior, Xavier Jackson, 98 carries, 237 yards, four touchdowns, long a 20, 3.4 yards a carry, 33.7 yards again. This is not a potent rushing attack here. As we clearly see, uh, then throwing the ball, they're led by Texas State transfer, 6'3", 204 sophomore Cedric Case. On the season, 66.8%, completion percentage, 20 touchdowns, 7 picks, 2,412 yards, as long as 78, 241.2 yards a game, has also ran for 2.07 in three scores. Yeah, three fifty four before the sack yardage. So, uh, you know, I will say, uh, dating back to uh, what was that man's name? Was it Brock Bowles? Brock Bowles, Brooke Bowles. They've always had really good quarterback play. Even uh, and now UCO grads at Logan Tweehouse, and just very good quarterback play out of that out of that program. So I'm not too too surprised here by the numbers. Uh, and then receiving the ball wise here, leading receiver 6'1, junior, Arkell Smith, 49 catches, 662 yards, eight touchdowns, good grief. Along a 78, 13.5 yards a catch, 66.2 yards a game. Then the running back is their second leading leading receiver, 44 catches, 506, one touchdown, along a 55, 50.6 yards a game. 11.5 yards a catch. And then Logan Tweehouse's brother, Trevor Tweehouse, foot 184, Jr., is the third leading receiver. 21 catches, 202 yards, three touchdowns, long of 52. 30.2 yards a catch at 14 point. I mean, 40, 30.2 yards a game, 14.3 yards a catch. And then defensively here, they are led by... Sophomore defensive back Noah Blair, 6'3, 198. Leads the team in both tackles at 65 and in interceptions with three. Has five breakups, two TFLs. Okay, this could be a dude here with that kind of range. Then you have uh, senior linebacker, 6'2, 216, Kingsley Anayi, the fourth. Or the battle of the force uh, next week there between him and Johnny. Uh, 51 tackles, two TFLs, one sack, two hur- uh two breakups, one hurry, and then you have sophomore DB Curtis Appleton, the second. What a fantastic name! Six foot one eighty eight leads the team in TFLs with six and a half. Now that right there is interesting because very rarely do you see a defensive back lead the team in TFL. So I- I'm curious to see here. What the defense is, is looking like for him. 47 tackles on the season, four breakups as as well. Uh oh, they have Travis the Great. I feel like he, he's a Norman guy, I feel like. I really, I really do. I feel like I could put it OU with a walk on. I I, I could be I could, could be wrong. Okay. That's cool to know. Uh, and then their leading sack leader here, a sophomore defensive lineman, Weston King. 6'2", 286. He has 38 tackles, 2.5 TFLs, 2 sacks on the season. So as you can see here, not a proficient team in terms of sacks. They only have 8 hurries. So they might struggle getting a pass rush. So, but again, this should be a game I hope somewhere the last week. You still able to run the ball and then take the shots when it presents itself we just need a higher level of execution i think in order for us to score more than 18 points not have to kick five field goals because as we've seen if we're able to jump on them at the start of each half very good chance we win the football game obviously if we get the ground game going Okay, we're, we're going to be very hard to beat because we can go on long sustained drives. Or we're able to have a repeat of the Ford Hayes where guys are getting open and we're blogging and stepping on the money. Or we just get a Northeastern State performance, which which would be fantastic at that point. And we just jump on them and stay on them and we have a fantastic senior night. And we go out with the big time win and momentum and everybody's happy. Which I hope is the case. That That I really hope is the case. Uh, so before we get out of here, again, looking at the conference scores and standings, if, if we're a limit, oh, the page refreshed. Okay, so looking at the scores here, obviously we know what happened in UCO, we know what happened in Warrensburg, Missouri, a pitch they went on the road to washburn 137 23 the game was actually close there for a little bit there, so I got to give Warrensburg credit. Uh, then we had Northeastern State losing by thirteen to cur Ke- I mean to Fort Hayes. I'm glad for Fort Hayes. They needed to win bad there. I think, I think it was a senior now. I'm glad because that's what's been a tough season for him. Again, just the injuries is just it's bad. I know it was bad for Kearney too. And I see this just I, I, I wish the, I see. I feel like the conference needs to look at things here because just the eleven straight weeks is brutal. Because I feel like it doesn't accurately reflect, though, the, in terms of, like, the best teams, because towards the end of the season, it's literally, like, who has the less injuries? Like, I know you can say that about football in general, but, like, at least you have buys, though. Like, you have time for guys to heal. Like, there's just not that thing, and it's just... I don't know, because, look at, because like, you look at, at Kearney... And their guys were going over. I think like somebody got hurt for them, and they were going over their injury list. I was like, "Good grief, man! Like it's it's just, it's bad. Like that's that's the one downfall. Especially in a conference as physical as the MIAA, I feel like it has to be like a, a, a buy in there some some way. I mean, because like the closest thing you have to a buy is you play on a Thursday." And then put it on Saturday the, the next week. I mean, that's us it's it's it's, it's 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 just a tough grind, man. I feel like you know you got to be really lucky in that department more so than you than you do at, at, you know in other situations. Our Northwest beat Missouri Southern to five. I got to give Missouri Southern credit there. They actually was down. Not that bad early on in the in the football game, so I I, I had to give them credit. That that that's that's, a, that's probably the best they've ever played in Northwest Missouri. So good for good for them. And then finally here, Emporia, only one on the road at Lincoln by eleven. I will say Lincoln. I have to apologize. I said beat down time last week was going to be what was it two p.m. Hey, they they fought hard in that football game. Okay, I think it was their senior night. They was down at the half, twenty-one to ten, part the closest they've ever been in a football game this season. And uh, you know what though, I give them credit. They was outscored in the third, fourteen and nothing, but then outscored them in the fourth, fourteen and nothing. I I have to give them credit there. Don't they had twenty-three yards rushing. What? This is a, okay. This is a weird ball clip. They had 200 yards rushing against Kearney, when Emporia only had 23. only had yeah, only had 23 yards on 34 carries. What in the world here? What? Oh, they were sacked six times though. Ugh, you know what? But that's 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 still that's still impressive though. Like you got to get. That's still impressive, though. Like, you got to admit the fact they were one-dimensional. You know what? I'm, I'm glad for them. I'm glad for them because we know they – it's been a very it's been a very rough season there for uh, Lincoln. And I'm, I'm glad they at least was able to be competitive in their home finale. That's a program that just – I know they have a new coach. They just got a long, long, long way to go. Uh, Then looking at the next week's games, the last of the season, a 1 p.m. kickoff, Lincoln and Missouri Western. You know what? I I give them a shot in that football game. I I give them a shot in in that football game because Missouri Western is a team that just is very weird. Very, very, very weird team team this year. I'm sure they're probably waiting. But, you know, hopefully it's it's a decent game down there in St. Joseph's. Uh, Northwest goes to Emporia, 1 p.m. kickoff. Walshburn and Missouri Southern. You know what? Missouri Southern could actually win that, win that football game. Just don't, just don't be surprised. I'll come on here next week and say Washburn lost that game. 2 p.m. kickoff. Fort Hayes at Pitt State. Oh, golly. 2 p.m. kickoff. Kearney and Northeastern State. Uh, 2 p.m. kickoff. And then UCO versus Central Missouri, two p.m. kickoff. Looking at the standings heading into the final week of the season, we have Pitt State still undefeated, ten and zero, again clinched the conference, followed by Emporia and Northwest at eight and two. So UCO might be number two, might have beaten the top two, the, the three of the top two of the top three teams in the conference. So. Again, it's just consistency, consistency, consistency. Kearney uh, following there at four and seven and three. Bosburn behind David at six and four. UCO 5 and five. Then you have U uh, UCM. Boy, UCM made a heck of a jump right there. Uh, UCM is now seven in the conference at four and six. Followed by Missouri Southern at four and six. Missouri Western at four and six. Fort Hayes at three and seven, Northeastern State at one and nine, and Lincoln bringing up the rear at zero and ten. So that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Again, I will be there uh, Saturday. I think it's supposed to be like forty-seven degrees for a high. Very cold. I will be there. My videographer, Landon, plans to be there as well. I uh, hopefully be come on here next week, and we're bringing down a senior a, a win there on Senior Day. Sending the guys out with a win be on the lookout again we got the player of the week video dropping today at 5 pm and then the highlights tomorrow at 6 may or may not be another video on the channel this week around the wednesday thursday mark when i'm trying to shoot for so i'll uh, just be on the lookout for that that could that could be a possible a possibility also want to wish, I think the men's basketball team starts their season Saturday at a tournament in North Dakota or South Dakota. So wishing head coach Bob Hoffman there and the men's basketball team luck of the season. Like I said before, I know the land is going to be at some games. I'll try to make some games as well. But uh, I'm looking forward to being back in Richard Stadium for the, for the final time this the season. You know, the season, season is indeed a grind but man as it fly by and you know you 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 you're only in a in a Richardson Stadium press box at the most six times a year and it's just those five six times a year go by so fast and then just missing two of them this year really hurts but again this will be the last time I ever had to miss one so um i just you know this this i hope the last one is a win and i hope I hope, you know, after the game, after they win, I'm able to go down there and and and, and uh, talk to some of these seniors there. Because, again, a lot of these guys, uh, you know, Dante, Johnny, they've been – I've covered them literally their whole careers. And, and so it's going to be weird next year when I'm looking up at the roster, when I'm doing my spring preview and, and writing down the roster and not seeing those guys up there anymore. It's going to be – Cause it's, gonna be, it's gonna be weird, man. It's, 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 it's gonna be weird. And then obviously there's there's other guys we've grown to love here. You know, um, uh, Slater, Rob, you know, Rob Fuentes, Steph, obviously, you know, there's just, you know, it's, it's gonna be tough. And then, you know, there's, there's more guys as well because of the COVID year. So I don't know how many guys are gonna use that extra year or not. So it, 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 it just, it, it, it just gonna be, I feel like there's gonna be some tears shed there Saturday. Win, lose, or draw. Uh, just because it's going to be the end of of me covering some guys that that I, I've grown close to, and 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 I just you know when you cover somebody for four or five years, you just you just you just form a bond, a relationship, and that's kind of what it is now. And this is I've been dreading this day. I, I have I've been dreading this 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 day for a long time, and it's finally here. And so you know I just I just hope whoever are the seniors. I should be able, hopefully, get a list there soon, um, and I'm trying to figure it out. But I just hope they end with the win. I just, I just hope they go out there to just lay it all on the line. So when that, when that clock hits triple zeros in the fourth quarter, they're able to walk out that field winners, and and know that they they ended their season, their career with a winning record, and and hopefully set the program up for great success in the future. So. As I said before, we'll we will be back next week. Hopefully have some post-game from Coach Doral and as many seniors as humanly possible. Uh and um like I said, so hopefully we can we come back on here breaking down a UCO win. So until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, aka J G Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.